Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of OzBiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is February the 22nd. You are listening to the COB here at Ausbiz. I'm your host, Scuddy, and I'm here with a pleasant surprise on a Monday, Annette Beecher. Annette, how was your day? <laughs> oh, it's it's been a busy one. What's uh, reporting season without quite a few CEOs uh, coming through Ausbiz? Yeah, look, we're going to kick off with the other CEOs. We spoke to, once again, a number of them out there today. Uh, one of the other, the best performer actually stock on the other 200 was Umedia. Uh, and we spoke to the uh, company's chief executive, Kathy O'Connor, about the turnaround story in that company. Now, of course, for a long period of time mm. last year, no one could go outside to go and actually, I know, Kate, look at the, uh, the advertisements uh, space that's on offer from that company. No, but, that's uh, right. Yeah, what a turnaround story. And uh, of course, as things start to go and open up again, that should probably be more of a tailwind you'd expect in the second half. Yeah, it's it's certainly one of many companies that had to navigate through a, a stop in activity with COVID. But as someone who drives in every morning here in Sydney, I've got plenty of time to watch those billboards because we're all sitting in traffic again. Well, that is a good sign. Ooh, media shares, that's what I mean. up close to 14%. For the session, look, there was a lot of others out there as well today. Uh, having a look around, of course, uh, we also went and spoke to the uh, chief executive NIB, uh, talking around about uh, the uh, the company's uh, performance there. Uh, you'd expect in a scenario like this, it's kind of a weird environment where you've got a lot of people obviously prioritising their health uh, with what's going on, and uh, and some people have got a little bit of extra income as well. But then mm -hmm. on the other side of the equation, uh, you've also got those tail the headwinds, I should say when it comes to, I know, the ability for people to go and pay those, I know, uh, fees for the services that are out there moving forward. It, it was a tough one. I, I conducted that interview with um, with Andrew Gagan. And, I mean, Mark Fitzgibbon is a, a relatively upbeat chat at the, chap at the best of times. But he did highlight something that we both thought was surprising, is that younger people are taking up insurance but not for the discretionary items like physio and yoga and and lifestyle products they're actually signing up to proper health care so i think the covid in some sort of way has actually helped bring some people on board who probably wouldn't normally be uh in insurance he did say the business was pretty crucial uh, in terms of job keeper um, particularly the travel insurance arm what a surprise uh so that's probably the biggest headwind for them 
them in the near term. Yeah, it, uh, each share price uh, closed up more than 6% for the session. Some other like big names for the day, uh, Costa Group was up over 11%. 11%. Thanks to avocados. Yeah, look, uh, some really big t- that's, that's another turnaround it story, is. of course. The really smashed in- avo. You're really getting an insight as to what's going on with the weather as well and, and growing conditions in those key uh, areas in the eastern states here in Australia. Taro as well, uh, it reported uh, its results uh, and up over 10% as well. Been in the news a lot recently, not mm. necessarily for, for good factors, but uh, some pleasing results coming through and the shareholders liking that. Another one is uh, Sandfire, uh, obviously linked to uh, the copper and gold. So that thematic really playing through today. Of course, we saw some huge moves yep. in our Chinese commodity futures. Uh, we saw in, uh, in overnight trade uh, London Metals, yep. uh, three-month copper, about 9,000 US uh, a tonne. That is huge, huge levels. Uh, that's sitting at nine-year highs and just continuing to go and lead a broader rally in those base yeah, It's like uh, China had a holiday and came back and bought whatever commodities they could get their hands on, particularly. I think they opened up straight into daily and iron ore futures and then started to feed into other markets as well. It's interesting because the CEOs we had today all had spectacular share price, yet the index was pretty much dead flat on the day. Yeah, and look, let's uh, let's get to the... Because uh, I'm looking here, the Appen was the, uh, the worst performer on the 200. It was down 4.7%. Now... It's rare that we get a, a thematic that actually goes and overrides what's going on in earnings season, but I think we can safely say we, uh, we've got that now. We so sure we do. We touched upon the, uh, the strength in commodity markets, but those bond yields out the back of the curve, 10 years plus, are really starting to go and ratchet higher, and that's, uh, that's causing a few issues uh, for some parts of the equity market at the moment. Well, interestingly, we thought this time last week was a 10 basis point jump and that was getting people rattled and now we've taken another giant leap um, up again. I think it is a, a mixture. I said we've got food price inflation, commodity price inflation, almost every PMI. If you dig through the details, you've got prices paid and received started to creep up. But I have to say of all the people that we've spoken to at this stage, earnings is keeping up with this jump in yields. So at this stage, there's probably maybe a little bit of complacency in some markets. Yeah, look, it's a, it was really interesting. It was clear on the uh, the sector performance today that uh, those areas that are really exposed to uh, to yield players are getting hammered. So healthcare, not only the uh, the yield space, but also when it came to the Aussie dollar exposure, uh, down two point two percent. A lot of that was CSL, which was off two point four percent alone. Uh, also looking at information technology, uh, down one point seven percent. Communications down one point three percent. Consumer discretionary down one point two percent. Well, we know that really strong performance there. And REITs, when you went and stripped out the performance of Goodman, which is the largest component within that, uh, it was still down 0.8%. So you can really see that thematic coming through when it comes to that rotation underneath the surface of the equity market. When 10-year bond yields hit a low of what, 0.8? I mean, almost any stock returned more than that. And now it just means that uh, you have to be a bit more selective in where you go. We spoke to Julia Lee this afternoon. She said it is a rotational story. So maybe those that did just rely on easy money for easy yields, they now have to work a little bit harder for all that cash that's sloshing around still. Well, we spoke to uh, Scott uh, Phillips the Motley Fool earlier today and he went and uh, talked about uh, Ordinate and uh, why he was feeling pretty optimistic on that stock. So we thought, well, we're going to throw it out to the rest of the expert panel uh, to go and see what their views are on that stock. So we spoke to uh, Conrad Song from Macro Capital and Tim Haslam from Capital Wealth to get their views on Ordinate. Take a listen. Results were very much expected because they actually last month came out with unaudited results. They were pretty yeah. much bang in line with that. Yeah. Um, they're, they're an industry leader. They're, they're going to cement that even further, I think, as mm. we start to see a shift. And, and I think this is what investors are pricing. And so they're going, okay, well, the results are pretty much in line. But why is it up 3%? Why are we buying it? It's because 
the catalyst here is that if we do move out of this COVID environment, we start to see that normalization, their hardware component, which has been sort of struggling, although they've transitioned a lot of that, their, their business to software, it's going to improve. Right. Um, and so it's like, okay, they've done well with the software. And now when things do get better, which we're expecting, vaccines are coming out, and they're rolling out. So um, that's, that's gonna be a good sign for Ordinate. For us, um, it does seem like there's, there's a huge market they could penetrate into. And if they can keep this going, then it could be a good one. Um, the problem is that on a market cap of 630 million with a 30 mil rev, that's a 21 times. So that, that's, that's pretty high. It is being valued like a tech company. So it just depends on if they can keep doing this, if they can keep the growth rate up. So it looks like a good company. I'd, I'd probably say hold, um, like Conrad said, you buy it on weakness, but yep. it, is, it is looking a little bit expensive. And of course, that was Tim Hasselman from Catapult Wealth giving his views on Ordinate not going in the portfolio. So uh, no, no head banging. Uh, no to the uh, to the disappointment to those uh, no fans out there of live music scene, which of course we all hope he comes back in a four soon enough. Who knows? Well, we all the other news this week, of course, is the vaccine rollout started with the PM rolling up its sleeves on Sunday, and that is will also be a thematic. We all knew the vaccines were coming. There's a few critics, of course, that said that we are like the 89th country, I think, to uh, to bring in the vaccine. And I think what's Israel up to 80 odd percent now? Oh, it depends on how you go and measure it. I think uh, over uh, close to 80 percent of the adult population there has had at least one dose, uh, I believe, from the last figures. But uh, that drops down to around about a third of the uh, adult population when, when fully inoculated with the other two doses. But uh, yeah, we're behind the curve, but no, we're so far in the front when it comes to how we've handled the, uh, the virus. And uh, look, I understand why people want to go and get it done, or most people want to get it done as quickly as possible, but uh, no, all things being considered, uh, look, we're starting to roll out. Uh, the most vulnerable will be uh, protected first. And uh, then hopefully we can start getting back to some kind of normality towards the second half of the year, fingers crossed. Uh, Annette, whilst i got you, you're a senior economist and uh, you know exactly what's going on when it comes to economic pulse in this country. We had a lot of uh, releases out later this week. What is the one that you're watching the closest and why? The one the RBA will be watching the closest will be the wage price index, which is out on Wednesday. Unfortunately, we'll just see wages growth with a one handle in front of it. So that is just going to give them a lot of runway to keep policy flat to the boards for quite some time. We know the RBA want wages to be more like 2.5% and not 1.1. Not uh, secondly, it's always interesting to look at GDP. I always find it a bit backward looking, but we will get investment and construction this week as well. Both of those, I don't think we'll get any, any great numbers. Both of them will at some point down the track, but not in the final three months of 2020. So it'll be of, of passing interest. We know we're well past the recession, the September quarter. GDP jumped out of the blocks, but I don't think we'll get good numbers yet. That won't be until this year. So maybe some passing interest, but not going to go and move the dial when it comes to uh, market movements for uh, the border. Yeah, so nah. those are uh, thematics of higher bond yields and, uh, and potentially Aussie dollar as well, which hit, of course, fresh three-year highs today, uh, maybe uh, the more overriding theme that uh, investors will be looking at. But look, that's not to go and say that there's not a lot to go and concentrate on this reporting season. We may be over halfway, but I can tell you, just looking at the calendar here, it is going to be a massive day tomorrow. I've got the likes of Accent Group, Adore Beauty, Illumina, Bigger Cheese, uh, uh, also have Jet Education, Jumbo Interactive, Monodelphus, Oil Search, Seek, 
uh, Spark Infrastructure, uh, Wally Parsons. Uh, so lots going on there in That's, that space. I think every sector is represented tomorrow. Energy, food, services. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think uh, it may be the busiest day when it comes to pure reporting numbers. I think when it comes to uh, market cap, we've already seen the other uh, biggest days in this That's reporting right. season. But uh, lots of companies and lots to go and look at when it comes to those uh, the themes that are moving out, particularly the, uh, the COVID winners versus losers and whether those themes can go and continue moving forward. We also have a big day when it comes to guests on the show. Uh, I know a lot of them will be pleased to see that uh, Junbei Lu, Portfolio Manager at Tribeca, will be on at 9.30. We'll also be joined by Michael Frazes, who's uh, from, of course, Frazes Capital Partners, to get his view uh, on what's going on, particularly in those growth areas that have performed so strong recently. Uh, we also have a number of different CEOs joining us on the program tomorrow. So Gary Carroll, uh, Chief Executive of G8 Education, Mike Viverka, Chief Executive and Founder of Jumbo Interactive, and Mike Ferraro, Chief Executive and MD of Illumina, will be all joining us on the program. So it's going to be another busy day. We're going to have to go and get our, uh, our <laughs> rulers out and get ready to go and, and, and knock up for another big day because there's lots to go and take care of here, not just what's going on in the macrosphere. Absolutely, yeah. We'll get uh, get the coffee going, double shots needed, and we'll have another very full session for you. Speaking of double shots, maybe it's time. No, it's too early. Not yet. All right, guys, we hope you have a fantastic <laughs> evening, and we'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. Good night.